I have good news for you tonight. Last week, Camille, if you missed last week, I so encourage you to go online and, and get her sermon on emotions. It was really powerful. Camille's never not powerful. And tonight, I'm going to talk about strongholds. Um, strongholds are actually built in emotions. The good news is... Um, I can help you figure out what your stronghold is. The good news is there's total freedom. The bad news is there's no formula. So for those of you who like a formula and you want it to be easy and you want to be able to figure everything out, uh, this sermon is going to totally mess you up. And I am so looking forward to that. So you can kind of tell what your stronghold is. And I'm going to just ask you just a couple of questions. What's the one thing that, or maybe two or three things, that you can't talk about? You've never told anyone. Or maybe you told someone, but only one time, and you don't ever talk about it. It's stuck inside you. It's a secret. It could be something in your family that no one talks about. If a word like that even comes up or there's a trigger pulled, you feel an instant shame and a like this sense of inside. Oh my gosh, I hope nobody looks at me. Whatever that thing is, that's your stronghold. And I have a YouTube that I want uh, the guys to roll for you because it so portrays the only thing that's going to help you overcome your stronghold. So guys, if you can make that roll, that'd be awesome. And he told the guru, you know, I want to be on the same level you are. And so the guru said, if you want to be on the same level I'm on, I'll meet you tomorrow at the beach. got on the suit, he should have worn shorts. The old man grabs his hand and said, how bad do you want to be successful? He said, real bad. He said, walk on out in the water. So he walks out into the water, watch this. When he walks out into the water, it goes waist deep. So he's like, this guy crazy. I want to make money. He got me out here swimming. I didn't ask to be a lifeguard. I want to make money. He got me in. So he said, come out a little further. Walked out a little further. Then he had it right around this area. The shoulder area. So this old man crazy. He's making money, but he's crazy. He said, come on out a little further. He came out a little further. It was right at his mouth. My man like, I'm about to go back in here. This child is mine. But the old man said, I thought you said you wanted to be successful. He said, I do. He said, walk a little further. He came, dropped his head in, held him down, holding him down. My man didn't scratch it, holding him down. He had him held down just before my man was about to pass out. He raised him up. He said, I got a question for you. He told the guy, 
He said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. I don't know how many of y'all got asthma here today, but if you ever had an asthma attack before, you short of breath, SOB, shortness of breath, you wheezing. The only thing you're trying to do is get some air. You don't care about no basketball game. You don't care what's on TV. You don't care about nobody calling you. You don't care about a party. The only thing you care about when you're trying to breathe is to get some fresh air. That's it. And when you get to the point where all you want to do is be successful as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm here to tell you, number one, that most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. You don't want it badder than you want to party. You don't want it as much as you want to be cool. You, most of you don't want success as much as you want to sleep. Some of you love sleep more than you love success. And I'm here to tell you today, if you're going to be successful, you've got to be willing to give up sleep. You gotta be willing to work off for three hours of sleep, two hours. If you really wanna be successful, some days you gonna have to stay up three days in a row. Because if you go to sleep, you might miss the opportunity to be successful. That's how bad you gotta work. You gotta go days without, listen to me, you gotta wanna be successful so bad that you forget to eat. Beyonce said once she was on the set doing her thing, three days had gone by, she forgot she didn't eat. Cause she was engaged, I never forget. Uh, when 50 Cent was doing his movie, I did a little research on 50, and 50 said that when he wasn't doing the movie, he was doing the soundtrack. And they said, when do you sleep, 50? Sleep. He said, sleep. Sleep is for those people who are broke. I don't sleep. He said, I got an opportunity to make a dream become a reality. Don't cry to quit. You already in pain. You already hurt. Get a reward from it. Don't go to sleep until you succeed. Listen to me. I'm here to tell you today that you can come here, you can jump up, you can do flips, you can be excited when we give away money. But listen to me, you'll never be successful until I don't have to give you a dime to do what you do. You won't be successful until you say, I don't need that money. Because I got it in here. And that's what a stronghold is. It's cage fighting. That's why the church is so powerless. That's why we're so gutless. That's why we have no authority. Because we don't want it bad enough. So I want to share a little bit of my testimony because Revelations 12.10 says that that's how we overcome him. And I love cage fighting. And I've learned how to get some authority and some muscle, and it did not come cheaply. I thought I'd share a little bit of my testimony. When I was 12, I'm a preacher's son. I've, I've gone to church literally all my life. Uh, I had a drug problem when I was young. I was drugged from church to church to church. <laughs> but at 12, I was molested by a family friend. And two years later, when I told my family, my, my parents, um, they totally freaked out, which is okay. But they took me to my dad's friend, for, who was a counselor. Um, he also had a family, and, and they were friends of my father. He had three sons, but the counselor also was a predator. And so the second time around, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to keep this to myself. Because the first time, it really caused a lot of trouble in my family. My parents got really upset. And um, they didn't want to talk about it after I started going to the counselor because they just wanted Bob to take care of it. And when Bob took care of it his way, I decided authority figures can't be trusted. Um, pastors can't be trusted because my dad was not only my father, but he was my pastor. And adults are not people you can talk to about real stuff. It's all right, I'll just handle this myself. But I came into agreement with some lies, which became strongholds. Because I had a pretty painful, um, 
pretty pain, some pretty painful experiences surrounding that. And when I tried to begin to deal with the pain, I came to some assumptions and developed those into beliefs that I described to you just a couple of minutes ago. And those beliefs nearly strangled my life. Some of you in this room know exactly what I'm talking about. I developed a sex addiction, but some of you gossip, uh, you lie, uh, some of you overeat, some of you can't do anything but sports. There's no way to have a conversation with you that's more than an inch deep because real conversation scares the heaven out of you. There's all kinds of stuff. Some of us cut ourselves, some of us drink too much, some of us have recreational sex. There's all kinds of things that happen. But I want to talk to you tonight because there's total freedom from any stronghold that's been built in your life. And I have a lot of confidence in what I'm telling you because I've, I am becoming more and more free. I'm free from the sex addiction that the enemy built into my life through that when I was really almost I mean, I was pretty helpless, and I was a pretty innocent person. Most of us are when the strongholds get set up in our lives. And tonight, I just want to share some things through my testimony and also through some of the word. Uh, one of my uh, concerns about sharing Scripture is uh, Scripture, to many of us, is not transforming, and it's not, it doesn't change our lives. And the reason I say that is because we read them all the time and I see people quote them and I listen to the people quote the scripture and I think, I mean, I, I know their life. So if you're quoting the scripture and all you know is this version of the scripture, what's the scripture really worth? So tonight I just want to ask, um, I'm going to ask Sarah to come up and just pray over the word before we... Um, before I share some of the scripture, and then we'll see what great miracles God has for you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the, the truth of a true, raw testimony. I pray over the word tonight. The word is your love letter, and every single word of it is truth. I pray over everyone tonight as we listen to the word and to the testimony of Eric that we realize we do not have to be ashamed of who we are. God wants all of us. He wants our true song, our challenges, our joys, our pains, the joys that will come through confronting our challenges. So we just lift this up in your name and believe in the power of your name, Jesus, because you came to set us free. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. So there is, there is truth in the fact that you pray deliverance for people, and that's how you break a stronghold initially. But then we are responsible for transforming our minds and truly breaking our strongholds. Um, my journey has been with a lot of ups and downs and with some things that were really awesome and some things where I really bottomed out. And about the last five years, it's just been an ongoing, it's like peeling back an onion. Because a lot of us, we have testimonies, but they're old testimonies. They're like two years old or four years old, you know, back when I was a new Christian, and that's the only testimony we have. And tonight, if that's the only testimony you have, then I want to encourage you to listen up because you need a new one. Because God is so current, and he loves you so much, and he's doing a now thing. If the only revelation you have is an old revelation, you so need a new one today because you are bored and therefore boring. Um... In 2005, I was driving home. I had been out, uh, I, th I think it was 2004, actually. And I'd been out that night. Um, I had been sexual. And I'm driving home, 
and I was at 65th and 50 coming back towards my house. And I, <laughs> I can never tell this story without feeling the power of it because I heard this voice go, Eric, if you can never change, if you always are like this, if you never stop doing this, I'm always going to love you. And I was like, I remember saying out loud, I don't know who the hell that is. And I heard the same voice, and it was like, yes, you do. You know my voice. I'm your father in heaven. And I wish I could tell you that that night changed my life, and hearing that revolutionized everything, but I had so many lies and so many strongholds that I had a hard time believing that. But God is so much more persistent than we give him credit for. And he came to me time and time again uh, over about a two or three month period. And it would always be at the same time when I was coming home from the most shameful thing that was going on in my life then. And I would hear him say, if you can never stop, I will always love you. And that's what I would say to you tonight. Whatever the area is that the enemy has in your life, whatever ground he has, whatever you feel like, I'm just always going to try to cover this part up because I don't know if I can ever stop. Whatever it is, it can be so small, but it brings you such shame and such condemnation. I'm telling you, God will always love you. I want to look at uh, Proverbs 3, 5 and share some of the word with you because the real question for you is, will you bring your mind into alignment with God's perspective or will you forever be controlled by the circumstances that have occurred in your life? That's the question because you see, Charity, can you bring the baby up? Where's she at? Oh, is it in the car seat? That's all right. I want you to see this little baby. Okay. <laughs> Look at this little baby. Is she not adorable? That's how you came into the kingdom. In God's heart, in his eyes, the day that you accepted Christ, even before you were born, you were in the heart of the Father. Jeremiah, the first chapter says that before you were ever born, you were in God's heart. And when you come in as a little baby into the kingdom, this is how you look to the Father. But what happens to us is, Colin, I'm going to give her back to you. What happens to us is we immediately start trying to be grown-ups. So instead of trying to step into our identity and just lie there for a while and just rest in the fact that God loves you, we immediately start trying to prove that we're worth something. And I promise you, God, I'll never do that again. I'll never have sex again outside of marriage. You can laugh. And there's no way to prove to God that we can stop. Because whatever the thing is that has a hold on you. Uh, last two weeks ago, I, was, uh, I go downtown on every Friday to meet Eric Knopf. And what the Lord's been working with me on lately is comfort. Where am I finding comfort outside of him? So I had some extra time and I thought, I'm going to go by and get a Jamba Juice. So I'm pulling my laptop and I go around the escalator and the Holy Spirit's like, no, you're not. And I'm like... I'm not? He goes, no. 
There was no explanation for that. I don't think there's anything simple about a jamba. I'm like, okay. So I go back around and I go down the escalator and get in my car and I go home and I'm getting ready for brigade. It's about one o'clock and I thought, I'm walking by pop, my popcorn cabinet. I love popcorn. I haven't had popcorn in so long. And I thought, I think I'm gonna pop some popcorn. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, you're not. I'm like, I'm not? And the Holy Spirit's like, no. And I'm like, why not? And he's like, because. You're feeling a little bit stressed because you haven't figured out, which means you haven't asked me what tonight's on, and you're trying to find some comfort outside of me. And I'm like, oh, I guess I won't have any popcorn. Sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't even tell us why we're not supposed to do something. God just wants to know, will you obey? Will you obey without your logic? Will you obey just because you love him? Proverbs 3, 5, that's a verse so many of us know. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding and all your ways are knowledge him and he'll make your path right. Memory verse, down. Right? Right. How many of you actually kind of know that verse? Raise your hands. What did I say? Let me read this to you a little bit differently. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, which means put all your affection on him, but don't try to understand. Lean not on your logic, your analysis, your introspection, all those majorly superior mental strengths that you have, and instead, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. Because I'm telling you, with the strongholds that are in your life, you will not understand much of the power that God has, nor the resources that he has to bring you out of them, because if you did, you'd already be out. So what you have to do is set your heart which means, and this is something in America we don't even understand. We don't understand covenant relationship. Because sometimes God will tell me to make a covenant with someone. And I'm like, I mean, there have been a couple times the Lord's told me that I'm supposed to be, have this role in this person's life. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. I don't even like that person. I remember one time the Lord told me that I was supposed to be a spiritual father to a guy who lives in Reading. And I was I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't even know this guy well. He doesn't know me. Do you know about my history? Do you know how nervous that's going to make him? I'm not even doing a good job in the ministry that's in Sacramento. How am I ever going to get to know him? I'm never going to be up in the Holy Spirit. It's like, are you done? And I was like, yeah. He was like, good. Go do what I told you to do. How many of you ever heard of Medea? My Holy Spirit has a Medea voice. And I hear it more often than I should. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Which means whatever the Holy Spirit, like when you're going around the elevator and God says, you're not going to have a Jamba Juice. Does that make sense? No. Did it make sense to me? No. It didn't until it talked to me about the popcorn. That one hurt me. I don't have to, I don't have to understand him because I've come to the place where my identity as his son means more to me than understanding him. And guys, we worship our minds. We worship understanding it. Everybody always talks about, I'm just trying to process it. Forget about processing it. What did God tell you to do? Obey him. Because you will never be powerful in the kingdom until you know your father's voice and you do it without having to understand it. Because every great thing that you're going to do or accomplish, you are not going to understand it when you're in the process. And he's going to say great, he's going to ask you to do awesome things and you're going to have no clue how you're going to pay for it, how you understand it, nothing. You have to learn to obey. That's something we don't understand. It's like, what do you mean? You're talking to me. I know you're not talking to me. 
You did not just tell me, go do what? That's what we're full of. Instead of, okay, do I understand it? No. Don't use your soulish, introspective logic and analysis to make your life choices. In all your ways, that means sometimes, I know in my spirit, man, that masturbation is not a good thing for, my, for me as a person. I know that there's certain things I'm not supposed to look at. But it's so easy to just, or you'll be at the gym and somebody raises their arms. Where do some of our eyes go? Right off the bat, that little strip of skin. It's learning to make my eyes go where they're supposed to go. Same thing for food. I've cut back on, I'm not even having toast with my eggs. Why? Because I started getting this. And the Holy Spirit's like, you want to know why? It's you. It's this love affair you have with carbs. And Jared Stadman right up here, who's been my friend for a long time, goes one day to me, wow, is your any becoming a well? I'm like, what? He's talking about my belly button. Second Corinthians 10, three through five. Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And the biggest arguments that you're ever gonna have are gonna be the ones in your head that you're having with yourself. Because the Holy Spirit, as you start walking with him, the Holy Spirit will just go vacal. I want you to do such, I want you to give $100. And you're like, God, I have 150. And the Holy Spirit's like, great. Right then, you're at a choice. Or you're with your little friends and you feel awesome because you are part of a, the in group. There's one in every group. Typically, we totally try to love people here and not have that. And the Holy Spirit will say, do you see that person sitting over there by themselves? They're a visitor. And you're like, where? Where? And so after a while, the Holy Spirit stops talking to you. Because if you're not going to listen to him on the little things, he's not going to trust you with anything big or that's worth anything. We don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. It's so easy when something comes against us in, in our everyday life, we don't even think about talking to God. The first thing we, thing we do is reach over to a coworker and go, did you see what he did? Who does he think he is? Nobody talks to me like that. <laughs> I'm tired of waiting on him. Wait on him hand and foot. I'm tired of kissing his butt. It's all worldly. Because what the Holy Spirit wants to develop within you is the willingness to serve regardless of how you're treated. And I'm telling you, if you can't serve, I remember one time I was in a corporate meeting. We just had pizza, and I'm the guy who's in charge. There's like 15 people, and the Holy Spirit's like, get up and clear off all the, we had pizza. Get up and clear off all the debris on the table. And I'm like, are you kidding? He was like, is this my kidding voice? I'm like, I'll be happy to do that. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And what that means, you guys, is just like that little baby, that little baby doesn't have to figure out who it belongs to or who its mama or daddy is. It simply accepts the parents that God gave it. You need to accept God as your father, regardless of what your mind tells you. Because we'll go to church, we walk the aisle, and I really, I do have a problem with this where we have these awesome, real moving uh, sermons, and then we tell people, just come down front and accept Christ as your Savior. 
and their lives don't change, but because they slept with their boyfriend last night, they're like, I feel really bad about that. I think I'll go down to the front right now. I'm gonna go pray a prayer. And so you pray your little prayer, and the person, you know, and it's really, it's so moving because you cry a lot of tears because you do feel really bad. But next weekend, you do the same thing. You know what I'm talking about? Or like me, the Holy Spirit had been talking to me about my carbs, and I was like, I love Costco uh, chips. I love Costco chips. It's a stronghold in my life. And Brother Sean Lawrence, he loves them too. And he's constantly, you got to watch the people you spend your time with because they will drag you down to their depths. And last Tuesday, he came over to my house, and he goes, I have some chips. And he opens them up, and I had five chips, and then I stopped. And then he left, and I opened them up again. And I got a handful, and I had like three chips. And the Holy Spirit's like, hmm? I was like, okay. And I put them back in. I spit on them first. So if you're at brigade for tomorrow night, try to figure out which ones I spit on, okay? What I'm truly after, I want my daddy God to know you can talk to me about chips and I can turn them down. I don't care how stupid it looks. I don't care what a fool I look like. You don't want me to eat those chips? I don't want to eat those chips. Is there anything else you don't want me to do? Because I want to please you. Because I never want to go back. Where I am today, I paid a high price for. I wanted it badly. I wanted it really badly because I had so thrashed my life. I love your generation. That's literally all I do with my life. I love your generation. And if I can save you my last 25 years, because most of you are about 25 years younger than me, if I can save you my last 25, and you can live your next 25 like, like I've lived my last five, it's so totally worth it. Romans 6, 6 and 7. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. These are verses we know, but we don't know them in here. Your old self, when you accept Christ, and this is what you need to know before you go down to the front and get prayer, you need to know. You come to the front, you are crucifying your old self. You're making a commitment. Does it mean you're going to be perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. Have I had more chips since last Tuesday? I think so. <laughs> I can't remember, but I think so. But not very many. Because I want my old self. I want to step fully into my identity in Christ. Which means it's what Eric taught so powerfully a couple of weeks ago. It has nothing to do with how you behave. When I know who I am, I act like who I am. When I'm confused and I've not settled that, like people are always, I, I think I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try Jesus. Nothing annoys me more than that. Or somebody will go, I don't go to church anymore. Really, was that? I tried Jesus. I'm like, you're trying very hard. You don't even know Jesus. Because once you truly begin to know Jesus and you start falling in love with him, because there's nobody like God who looks at everything you do and goes, I love you. You're my son. And the more that I step fully into that and I go, thanks, you're an awesome dad. I start acting like he wants me to act. It's not hard. Am I making sense? You guys, it feels like a lie. Like the people who struggle with this the most are people who have the most intellectual integrity. Because I always struggle with it horribly. Because I was always really truthful. And I'm like, if you're such a good Christian, why don't you do this, 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 and this? But I've had to learn to trust the truth 
over evidence. And when you start going, I'm going to trust the fact that my daddy God loves me regardless of how I act, I start acting better. When it finally began to sink into me, because God kept saying, if you can never change, I'm always going to love you. I finally stopped trying to go, but do you see this? But let's be real. Do you, are you sure about that? Because I'm not a great deal. I've screwed up a lot. And, and he kept going, I love you. And finally, I accepted that love. That's what you have to do. Commit to your identity as God's son or daughter. What you think about all day long and the way that you think about it determines who you will become. So much of it is right in here. And I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about thoughts. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are a, like microwave. You know, I want my popcorn in two minutes. I wouldn't even consider having an old popper. No way. I want my popcorn in two minutes. And the first sack is for me. If you'd like some, I'll make you some too. But I'm taking the whole sack. That's the way we are. I want it right quick. And every relationship that's going to have any depth, substance, or longevity is not going to be like that. I see people all the time, and I'm constantly talking to some of my guys and some of my girls. Guys, develop relationships with other guys. Learn how to be friends with other guys. Ladies, develop relationships with other ladies. Because guys, I mean, it's so hard for us to get together and truly have a conversation that's more than an inch deep. You know what I'm talking about, guys? Get to know. (laughs) Get to know. Learn to open up. Because if you'll learn to do those in a relationship where there's no sexuality, you'll actually have better sexuality when you marry because you'll develop a relationship instead of seeing a woman as a sexual object. And ladies, the cat thing, you know what I'm talking about? Competition, that, I cannot stand that. You just need to know if you're a very competitive person and you're always comparing yourself, you need to begin to ask the Holy Spirit to help you with your insecurities because they are great. Secure women empower other women. Insecure women are always comparing and tearing each other down. You have to transform your mind. Colossians 3, 1 through 10. I'm just going to read you some of it. It says, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Set your affections on things above. Stop and think about your life. How much of the time do you spend actually thinking about anything that's not on this level? People are like, I'd love to have a quiet time, but I just don't have time. Well, that's because your affections are set down here, not up there. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. It wasn't until I stopped trying to go to a counselor, I stopped trying to read books, I stopped trying to figure out, I stopped trying to do everything through journaling, I stopped trying to literally, for accountability, I can take you back 15 years or 20 years in my day timers and show you every single time I acted out sexually because I kept account, because I wanted to be accountable. Doesn't work. Because true accountability comes in a relationship. I meet with Eric Knopf every Friday at 10.30 because I love him. And there's just no way that I could bring that kind of pain to him to act out. That's accountability, you guys. It's forming an intimate enough relationship with the people around you and letting them mean enough to you 
that you realize, because we talk about community here, you don't even see that word in the Bible, or family, or brothers and sisters. And I want to bring that up in my family. I don't want to hurt you guys. But that's what it means to bring your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. It's making your thoughts match God's word. It says we're brothers and sisters. No one even, everybody in America wants their space. I have my bubble, you know. There's no space in a family like that. You, you don't make choices. I'm telling you, you're not making any choices outside of this room that don't affect all of us in here. If you want to know why we're starting to see just a presence of God that's unusual, it's because there's more and more of us who are linking our arms together and our hearts together and we're praying about things and we're truly being honest and transparent about what's going on in our lives, about what our strongholds are, and we're seeing them broken. Because when you start truly changing and finding out that God can change your life, you get excited. You're not boring. Some of us are like, how could I have more friends? Be real. First three, you died. That means when you went to the front, whatever you did when you committed yourself to Christ, you died. You don't belong to yourself anymore. And if I'm bothering you when I say that, that's because you're not dead. So you need to think about making a, a true commitment to God instead of being a church folk. Verse 5 says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Who does that mean is responsible for that? Is that God? Who is it? Who? Who? Yeah, it's yeah. It's us. Put to death your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, which is anything that takes God's place. I'm always looking for an easy fix. That's how I spent a lot of my life. I don't look for those easy fixes. Because what you think is gonna be easy is actually gonna break your life in pieces. And people are like, well, if I really told somebody that I was molested, or if I told somebody that I have a, you know, theft, misdemeanor, or if I told somebody that I drink too much, really, you think that's gonna be hard? Let me tell you what's gonna be hard. Keep trying to pick up the pieces of your life as the consequences of your sucky choices. Because you're not making mistakes. We sin. And when I sin, it really screws my life up. It says, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Now that's something that we don't really like to talk about that much, because we just want everybody to believe that God is just this big, warm, fuzzy, you know, he just loves you, and if you make a mistake, just brush yourself off, it's okay. Truth is, he does totally love you. You're forgiven, and he's completely committed to you. But you sinned, and you gotta call it what it is. And if, if we keep acting in ways that hurt us, there's some wrath that's gonna come on you. Not because God's a mean God. He loves you too much to let you act like that. One of my daughters uh, was talking to me one time, and she's like, I don't understand, Dad. She's like, you always let, you never get on to other people what you get on to me for. And she was pointing out some instances, and I go, they're not my daughter. They can act however they want to. My daughters don't act like that. She was like, oh, it's love. If you haven't felt the Holy Spirit go, stop that. And you're like, what? I'm serious, you know what, stop that right now. You haven't felt the Holy Spirit say that to you in the last couple of months? 
ask God if you're his son or if you're his daughter because you can't be Jesus and you're not that perfect. So do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> do not lie to each other. Oh, I skipped some. It says, you used to walk in these ways. Okay, what does that say? My old stuff, I used to walk in those ways. Which means we change. But now you must rid yourselves of all these things, such as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. About uh, a couple months ago, two or three months ago, I was like, God, I'm really having a problem with lust. Could you just give me a breakthrough? And the Holy Spirit's like, get your own breakthrough. And I was like, what? I'm like, it doesn't sound like you, and that's not very loving. I thought you were the comforter. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to comfort you. He goes, here's the truth. You created that stronghold. You got sloppy. You, you look at the skin. You look at things longer than you should look at them. You created it. Break it down the same way you created it. And I was like, oh. I can do that. I'll be happy to. Because that's when I started getting the Medea voice. You know, when I start acting like a victim, like I'm helpless and powerless, trust me, God is never going to like that, guys. When we start acting like, I just, I just can't overcome this. That's not a son or a daughter. We can overcome. Oh, sorry. That's what happens sometimes. <laughs> When I preach, when there's a lot of anointing, sometimes I yell. So I scared you. Maybe you need to wake up anyway. Um, <laughs> we are not helpless. And it's a lie from the pit of hell that as a son or a daughter, anything that the enemy brings against you stays in your life. You can be freed of absolutely anything. I promise some things are harder to break than others. That's a given. But some of the things we think are really hard, like drug addiction, alcohol addiction, sex addiction, those are a lot easier than gossip and lying. Because gossips, they're just sharing prayer requests. And liars, some liars are so good, they are so slick, you never even know you're being lied to. I mean, I... Once I started understanding this, I thanked God that he gave me a sex addiction. Because when I acted out, I knew it. But a liar, you're like, I, th I don't think you're telling, oh yeah, absolutely, I don't think you have all the facts. So, if you notice, Satan's never called the father of sex addiction. What's he called? Father of lies. Because sex addiction, everything, all the strongholds in our lives, they come because of lies. Do not lie to each other, verse 9, since you've taken off your old self with his, with his practices and have put on the new self. Um, I just want to just say a couple of things about lying. Do you realize that silence is lying? Tell the truth. Don't lie with your silence. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. It's easy when I'm in covenant with somebody to, I don't lie, I just don't tell them what they need to know. And that's really a lot of us. It's very tempting to be that way. It's also very devastating to your maturity. It's very devastating to your relationships. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like people go, do you have any prayer requests? Or how are you doing? My, my favorite used to be, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. And I grin just like that. And they go, awesome. No, they wouldn't believe it if I told them. I have a horrible sex addiction. I'm going crazy out of my mind and I don't want to get up in the morning. And I wonder why God even created me. Don't lie like that. If your life is falling apart, come to some of us and just tell us, my life is falling apart. It sucks. I can't make my life work. 
because God will help you. He'll set you free. Just tell the truth. Whatever you refuse to talk about rules your life. Whatever you hide, even in your relationships, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll form relationships when we're broken. If you ever notice people are really broken, usually form relationships with other people who are equally broken. Whatever we can't talk about rules our lives. Talk about your life with somebody. For many of you, it will not be someone you trust. Like, I just want to find someone I can trust. You're never going to find that person because you don't trust anybody. So you're just going to have to take a risk. Because if you don't risk, the consequences of not talking are going to be a whole lot higher than talking to somebody and screwing it up because you picked the wrong person. If you pick the wrong person, pick somebody else. That's what I did. The source of all your freedom lies within you. It's Christ. The question God is always asking is, how much of my son is in what comes out of you? Think about your life. That comes from Christ's life. It's a program that we have in our ministry. Ephesians 6.10 says, be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. The strength which his boundless might provides. That's the Amplified. I had somebody that I respect a lot this week, and they said, I really don't get emotionally uh, connected with God. And I'm like, you're going to have to. You're going to be emotionally connected somewhere. If you don't choose, and it's a choice, to bring your minds, your thoughts into captivity to where God says they have to stay. And because your emotions are always going to follow your thoughts. Whatever your thoughts are, they, like, there's times where I can feel completely overwhelmed. And all I have to do is go, does this match God's word? Does this match what he says about me? And if it doesn't, then I change it. There are times when I'll be driving down 50 and I'm, I just talk out loud to my spirit, my flesh. I'm like, I'm telling my flesh, and it sounds like I'm schizophrenic. I'm telling my flesh to lie down because my mind, will, and emotions are going to bow to the spirit of the Lord because I am going to serve the Lord no matter what. So you are not in charge. I'm talking to my flesh. And I used to think it was crazy until I, I would start feeling that oppression lift off me because there's, there's spiritual oppression and we're actually going to talk about that. We're going to talk about deliverance and, you know, demons and stuff like that. And I'll feel it lift off me. That's why Eric talked about the power of the blood. But I don't have to logically understand everything to know that there's a lot of power in the, in the name and the blood of Jesus. So when I feel that oppression come, I'm like, I just call upon the power there is in the name and the blood of Jesus. And the more that I do it, the more I sense that power and the freer I get on the inside. You can't improve yourself. You're not gonna be able to do that. It's gonna come through your union, your love relationship with God. So whatever there is in your life tonight, as you think about um, your life, you know, the questions I asked you at the beginning, what are the things that you can't talk about? What are the things that when they come up or you'll hear people that you respect and they're talking and you're like, oh my gosh, I hope they don't ask me that. Or I used to feel this way. Every time there was people who had a real strong prophetic gifting, I would almost just like want to just stay away from them. 
because I was afraid if I got close to them, the Holy Spirit would tell them all the stuff that was going on in my life. <laughs> it's like, just stay away if you could. That's all right. Go give that word to Brittany. She, she probably needs a word, you know. And now I'm not ever afraid. You don't have to be either. I just want to encourage you tonight to start going to God. Go to his word and start asking him through the power of the Holy Spirit to set you free. I'm just gonna read you a little bit out of this book. It's called Shattering Your Strongholds. If you've believed and bought into a lie, you will fight to protect that belief. When I was sexually molested, I bought into some lies like I'm ugly, um, I'm a pervert, I'm worthless. I used to call myself an SOB. I would get up every morning and just say, God, help me not to be an SOB today. Because I became very hard, very calloused. The lie might be that you're unloved, unwanted, unnecessary, unsuccessful, unworthy, or any of those other ugly unwords. If you've decided the lie must be true, then you'll erect a stronghold to defend your right to believe it. The root problem is the vulnerability of a damaged soul and its strongholds. Erected by a wounded soul to keep further pain out, these strongholds keep the pain in. Erected by a wounded soul to protect lies birthed from traumatic experiences, these strongholds keep God's truth out. So it wasn't until the Holy Spirit told me, if you want freedom, you're gonna to have to talk and you have to tell Chad Everett everything. And I was like, everything? He was like, everything. So that's what I started doing. I got together with him once a week. He used to be my roommate. He's 20 years younger than me. See, a lot of you, you look at people and they're either younger or they don't seem cool or, you know, you want to talk to Eric Knopf because he's the leader or Camille because she's the leader. When really the Holy Spirit has the right person right next to you who has discernment and who has wisdom and who has breakthrough. And so I started telling him everything. It was really shameful. It was really hard to do at first. But you know what? I would get done and he would go, Eric, that's not who you are. And at first I'd go, are you stupid? Did you not hear what I just told you? And I'd say, that, I always say what I think when I'm with him, when I'm with a lot of people sometimes. And um, he was like, no, I'm telling you, that's not who you are. And then he started telling me who I was. And I don't care what you do, it's not who you are. Because who you are is precious in God's sight. And today, I know that better than I've ever known it in my life. I posted on Facebook today, I've never been more at peace, more happier. I've never felt more fulfilled than I do today. But there were a lot of brutal truth-tellings where I had to tell the truth. There were shameful things that I had to bring up that I was so ashamed of. But the people that I told loved me anyway. I had to learn to, to take responsibility for my mind. So do you. We're so lazy, guys. It's like whatever thought comes in, we just go with it. I just feel like, I just felt like it was right. Well, stop yourself. Does it match God's word? Because if it doesn't, it's not right. I don't care how you feel. If you want freedom, you have, to, you have to start disciplining your mind and you have to want it as bad as the guy in the cage. Because if you don't learn to fight like that and fight the battle here and take your thoughts captive, you're gonna be the one who goes down. Because the enemy's never gonna tell you if you sleep with that person, you're gonna get AIDS. They're just gonna look really attractive. He's never gonna tell you what the worst consequences are. He's gonna be just like Eve. It's just an apple. Have a bite. It's only a weekend. You're young. 
need to have a good time. There's not that many apples like that. Come on, have a bite. So you have one bite. That apple is really good. I think I'll try another apple. And before long, you have an appetite for apples that's insatiable. And you have a stronghold. And the enemy owns you. So what did you have? Let me just ask you, what did you have? Just real quick. Just a verse and quick testament. Okay. So I was just jumping out of my seat for the last like 10 minutes because I've just been reading a really amazing part of, uh, of the Bible that just, it just speaks right to this point. And um, it's the start of Thessalonians, which is so cool if you read like most of Paul's books because he always has, starts off with a prayer. And for me, who like has had so much trouble praying, reading these verses and kind of getting this idea of prayer has just been so inspiring. So anyway, so um, here's Thessalonians uh, chapter 1. We always give, uh, thank the Lord for you, meeting you in all of our prayers. We continually remember that before our God the Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen all of you that he has chosen you because our gospel didn't simply come with words, but it also came with power. And what Eric brought up is you have these th strongholds and sometimes the Holy Spirit says you have to deal with them and you do, you do have to deal with them. You have to make that choice, but the Holy Spirit comes with power. It comes with that power, with that strength to make those decisions that you didn't think you could ever make before. I've made so many decisions that I was like, wow, I've never been able to do this before. The Holy Spirit comes with a power, with a strength that you couldn't lift on your own. For instance, um, so one other point is uh, when you for are forgiven of your sins, you are a whole new person. You've got to get that through your head. You are a whole new person. You have this power of the Holy Spirit and you have to say, I'm a new person, I've changed. I'm no longer that old person. So I had the biggest change in my life that happened June of 2009. I graduated from college, I got a new career, and I got married all in the same month and moved. I did all of that, that it changed me. I was a whole new person. Before that, I had pornography addiction, I had masturbation addiction, I had these things that I thought I was going to have to live with my whole life. But after that moment, I had a whole new life. And I could say that that pornography addiction, that masturbation addiction, that was, that was my old self. That's a joke. And it's never happened again. It's never happened again because I'm a new person. Why would I start doing something that was old? And, and I mean, it's not me. It's not like I figured this stuff out. It's because the power that came with the Holy Spirit allows you to lift boulders that you never thought was possible. So just embrace this power, this Holy Spirit, and also know that you are a totally different person. That, that old person is gone. So that's all I want to add. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> it's different for all of us. When I said there's no formula, there isn't one. I wish I had one because um, it'd be so awesome. But then you wouldn't have to trust the Lord and you wouldn't have to get to know him because that's really where the power is. There is so much power in a relationship with God. And when I talk about power, I'm talking about stamina, just to stay the course. When everything inside of you wants not to. It was so funny because this week has just been very interesting. I, I was telling the guys in the back, I got hit on at the gym twice, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Today's the only day I didn't. And um, like, and Tuesday I had this bomb go off that thought, I thought was a bomb and I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't match anything that I'm hearing from the Lord. This is not a bomb. And I just went on with my life. But about Wednesday I was like, no wonder, because it's not like I get hit on all the time at the gym. 
Um, but this week, what was I teaching on? Shattering strongholds. What would the enemy have loved? For me to walk in here embarrassed, like, yeah, I would have said the same things, but could I have said it the same way, the same authority? No. The choices you make so matter. I appreciate you sharing that. Because it is, it's so much, it's my love for Jesus. It's the only thing. Because I tried it without him so hard, because I always saw myself as his employee. It wasn't until I was like, I'm his son, and I'm going to start believing I'm his son. And when I started believing it, I started acting like it. It, was, it truly wasn't hard. My addiction took me longer than Dave's did to come out of. But God, he brings you out of every single thing, every stronghold in your life he can shatter. So tonight as the worship band comes back up, uh, we, we do have people that have name tags uh, who are part of our ministry team. Um, and if, you, if there's just any reason that you want to come up and get prayer, it doesn't have to be a stronghold, just any reason, anything that you want to see God do in your life, I just want to encourage you just to come forward and let people pray for you. Because the people that are on our worship, our, worship, our prayer ministry team, they're, they're people who truly, they understand what we're preaching on tonight. They understand freedom. It does not mean they're not perfect. And it doesn't mean they're still working on it. I'm still working on who God wants me to be. You know, some days I, I work on Costco chips. Some days I work on Jamba Juice. And some days I work on sexual thoughts. It doesn't really matter. Because I know who I am. I belong to my father. So I just want to encourage you as we um, have, is Fina, you? As we uh, have Fina and the worship band sing, I'd like for the, if you guys want to stand and the prayer ministry guys to come up and if there's anything in your life that you'd like prayer for, just feel free to come up. We'd love to pray with you.